whenever you try to define art, it's one of the hardest definitions you can, you're going to try and, and articulate. I'm going to draw something on you forever. <laughs> like, and to know, I know I'm actually good enough I can do that. Like, that's a cool thing. I'd also probably have unprotected sex with Mojo, too. So, like, <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, it's coming out good. What's the, um, uh, when you pitched this idea to Boudreaux, what was the idea behind it? Stand up for me. Oh, yeah. Um, basically, uh, I, all I said was uh, like mic stand, you know, because we're both comics. Okay. Like we're both comics. So I thought that'd be like connect, like connecting it all together. We're sitting here talking. So it seemed like connected to what we were doing. But all I said was like mic stand. And then he made this crazy cool piece of art, which is just amazing to me. And then you had no notes on it? You were just, well, you just like he, uh, <laughs> well, because we were talking about like the reason I have this tattoo on my arm is it's a George Carlin quote. And so he had Carlin's face up in the corner and I was like, man, I don't even know if I want my kid's picture tattooed right, on my arm. Right, right, like, right. like I'll have his words. I don't, I'm not sure if I want his face yeah, on my yeah, arm. Right. <laughs> so yeah. on that first tattoo, the Carlin was a piece of it? Yeah, well, um, on this one, uh, Basically, what he said in an interview 30 years ago, whatever, what he wanted on his tombstone, like to encapsulate his life and his career, was like too hip for the room, which is something I think you and I both sort of deal with as comics. And every comic that deals with the idea, sometimes you just catch those situations where they're just too conservative, but you still want to entertain them, but also like they're not going to get this completely. Yeah, there is a. Uh, it's more about making sure your comedy is for you and them, not just them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you forget when you're starting, uh, you either do it just for you, right. which that doesn't go well, which, or you do it just for them, and right. that's difficult. Usually not great comedy. Yeah. Doing it for you and them is is the balance you have to have yeah. to find, and that's, that's difficult work. One of the things I like the most about tattoo, the absolute boldness and confidence it takes to be like, I'm going to draw something on you forever. <laughs> like, And to know, I know I'm actually good enough I can do that. Mm. Like, That's a cool thing. Well, and then the trust that you got to give to that yeah. person's yeah. confidence too. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know which yeah. ones. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, I'd also probably have unprotected sex with Mojo too. So <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it is, uh, I mean, the confidence to do that is... Uh, Heavier than the confidence it takes to think you can go on stage and make 300 strangers laugh who all had a different day. Also true. Yeah. Also but, true. you know, uh, while that bomb might hurt, uh, it's not as permanent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the essentially that's the basis of the show is the stress between both items uh, and how they're <laughs> equally challenging. No one drank out of this water. All right, we set. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So James, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do what's called a bloodline first. Mm. All right, so James, man, you're a full time traveling comic. What? So if you could express in one word what a traveling comic is like, that life is like. What would that word be? One word. I can do a sentence, but I don't know if I'll I can take do a word. sentence. Uh, just dick jokes for money. Dick jokes for money. <laughs> you know, dick jokes with a message, but still. <laughs> so meaningful dick jokes. So, as a traveling comic, is that challenge like getting to areas where people might not know exactly what kind of material you're going to do? Is that you know like a little bit of an uphill battle? I mean, there's a certain level of 
confidence that I feel like we all have, whether we deserve it or not, to do it in the first place, where we just assume it's going to work out. <laughs> like We're just like, yeah, this will be fine. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, That's kind of the challenge of it, right? It's like we got these people, none of them – like, it's so different when you're performing with people who know who you are yeah. and people who don't. Because people who know who you are, like, they know what they're about to see. But people that don't, like, it's just a crapshoot. You're just hoping that what you're putting out is going to work for, for somebody. Them. Yeah, 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 somebody. Like, hopefully at least, like, 30% of the people in this room will laugh so everybody else will laugh, too, because they feel weird not laughing. So I know you and I had talked a little bit behind the scenes, and you said you were a truck driver. Was yeah. that like your longest career next to comedy? Uh, no, my dad was a truck driver growing up. So, like, so my whole childhood was him being a truck driver. So I went with him on the road like two, three times a year for like a week or two at a time. And so it was just something I like understood. And like, I was, you know, I was like 22. My life was just an absolute shit show wreck. Because, you know, I just made so many wonderful choices. And so I was like, I don't know. My, da- my dad said to me, he was like, he was like, I don't know, man. I'll, uh, I'll help you out if you want to go to truck driving school. Because my life was just a mess. Yeah. So I was like, all right, yeah, I'll do that. So I did. I went to truck driving school, got my CDL. And I did that for, uh, you know, a little, you know, a little under two years. And I got to, you know, all 48 of the contiguous states. That was cool to travel the country, see all those things. But... There was also a part of it that was just super lonely mm-hmm. that like you really do find yourself talking to like shipping clerks for like 20 minutes. As and, opposed like, to being a comedian, talking to the people in the hotel lobby. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but it's different because you're doing the show. Also, you know, I had burned a lot of friendship bridges. It was kind of pre-cell phone era, so I wasn't sitting there calling a lot of people. It was, It was a very... It was just a very lonely, lonely life where you're like talking to a waitress at a truck stop, like trying to have actual human connection. And it was kind of the thing that made me realize that that was something that even mattered to me because I thought I was just Mr. Lone Wolf. I don't need anybody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you very quickly figure out when you're doing that that like, no nah, man, I, I need to interact with people that know me. So, what what career was right before comedy? Was it the truck driving? No, 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 no. I um, so at, at part of why <laughs> I stopped being a truck driver was I was like, well, I if I'm gonna have a grown up job, I want the benefits of being a grown up, which in my brain at the time was like, you know, wife and family and all that stuff. So I quit being a truck driver and started dating somebody. She and I got married, you know, made people, did all that kind of stuff, and. I started working in a hotel and then moved my way up to hotel management. And just as the economy was collapsing in 08, like as that entire thing was going down, whole world's falling apart. I'm, uh, you know, I got, because I had moved up to the point that I was a roaming GM. So I was going from hotel to hotel, Mm. um, like as their GMs were like on vacation or if their GM got fired. Well, so my position got eliminated. So I got laid off. And at that same time, my first marriage was collapsing. So I found myself unemployed, without a wife, but two kids. And so I was like, well, this is a good time to start comedy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to. Like, I, uh, I, was, I was literally moving to L.A. To, to start pursuing comedy. 
when uh, literally on 9-10-2001. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, and I woke up in a hotel room in Memphis, Tennessee, on my way to L.A., and uh, turned on the TV, and the Twin Towers were getting hit by airplanes. Oh, wow. So, That's crazy. So I actually turned around and came back home, and that was when, like, everything. Had, I was like, all right, well, I guess we'll do the truck driving thing. So Okay. Then did the truck driving thing, and then stopped doing that. So, so I'm, I'm, I know traditionally, like, don't truck drivers make good money? Um, or it's possibility? Well, it depends, like, it depends on what you define as good money. Enough to pay you bills. Ah. <sighs> Sort of, but you also have to live on the road. So if you manage to live on the road, eat, feed yourself, all that stuff for under, you know, a couple hundred bucks a week, Uh which is kind of hard to do, actually. Yeah, um, then then yeah, there is enough left over that you can you can pay for if you've been doing it for 20 years you're a lot more likely to make enough to support yourself and a family. Yeah, there's, the and there's a lot of different situations, the owner-operator, yeah. the who yeah. you're working for, all of that. Uh, when you said earlier that you had always wanted to do comedy, uh, since when, what were the thoughts, and wh- how wrong were you when you actually started it? <laughs> um, well, like, it started, like, as a little kid, I, you know, Bill Cosby's himself, all that kind of stuff, and just sort of being amazed mm-hmm. at, like, how good... Like just how, how how much I loved it, I just loved it, and so it like I was drawn to it. But it was, I w- but it was Eddie Murphy's Raw. I snuck into the theater to see it. Um, like I paid for a ticket to go see whatever, like I don't know, Paddington or whatever, whatever the hell it was, some G-rated movie because I was too young to get into an R-rated movie, and then just went in and saw Eddie Murphy Raw and watching that. That was when the light bulb went off. That I was like, I want to do that. You saw that and you thought I could be Eddie Murphy. <laughs> no, I saw that and went, I I could... I want to. I, I want to stand in front of a large group of people, have them hanging on my every word and being entertained. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't about being Eddie Murphy. It was, right, about, right, the, right. No, it was about the power flex. Of, it's just always my favorite joke. Yeah. Uh, whenever a comedian says, I watched one of the greats do it. And, yeah. and then I'm like, and you said I can do that. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. But it is that, right? But I mean, it kind of is. It's like, what? was there a disconnect for you between what you're seeing this person doing and how, because for me, I legitimately, until podcast started, I didn't think you could do comedy. I thought you right. had to be born into a family and they'll come find you when you're yeah. ready. Well, I thought, like, I did think I had to move to L.A. I okay. thought that was a thing. I thought you could only be a comic if you lived in L.A. or New York. Do you not have to now? They changed the rules? They did. <laughs> they did. I mean, at this point, the, some of the best-selling comics in the country Hell yeah. never did it. Yep. You know, they made their own audiences. Yeah. So it is. But, I mean, at the time, especially, like, you had to get those TV credits. And, I mean, I was living in rural North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, like, Good Nights was there. Right. But even Good Nights... Yeah, like seemed like the fact that they even had an open mic. It didn't even occur to me to see if they had an open mic. Right. I literally was just like, because I'd been doing theater and like touring around and doing that, and so I was like, oh, like, but stand up. And I was like, well, the stand up clubs are in L.A. and New York. Like, you did theater? You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was like a hardcore, hardcore theater. theater kid. Yeah, yeah. I probably, I think I did something like somewhere between 50 and 60 plays yeah. between like 14 and 21. What were, were you uh what was your positioning on the cast? Were you typically um, were you the lead? Were you yes. main guy? Um well, to comedic lead. I was either the lead or I was the like the comedic sidekick yeah. kind of stuff. Gotcha. So, 
So I kind of had some timing. I knew how to stand on a stage. Um, character singing. Gotcha. Like I can, I can sing pretty accurate impersonations. How have I known you for ten years, eleven years? I didn't know you were a theater kid. I don't know. I just wasn't listening. I think that's exactly what it was (laughs) because I'm pretty sure it's come up. (laughs) (laughs) You said uh, to stand on stage and have that confidence. you know, the confidence that it takes for you to stand on stage and know that you are good at what you do and trust that everyone there can believe you and have can have a yeah. good night. Yeah, you do have that confidence on stage. Do you have that confidence at any other aspect of your life? No. Me neither. No, no, like like literally in nothing. Yeah. And there are things that I'm better at. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what? Like, I mean, I feel like now, by the fourth kid, I'm probably better at being a parent yeah. than I was. And I'm not a good parent. You're definitely not a road parent. You're not, right, like, right, 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 you're right, not right. Uh, parenting all around the country. Right. But, uh, yeah, people aren't bringing me into Michigan to <laughs> watch their kids. <laughs> but, but, no, like I, I, I mean – for a long time, I knew I was a much better actor than I was a comic. Okay. And that was actually one of the struggles early on with comedy was as long as I was being someone else, I could stand and be articulate and fall into this thing. And the one thing I didn't want in comedy was to become a character. Okay, Like a lot of people talk about, you know, comics need to like find their stage persona find and that voice. always like that not their voice like the voice I, I i totally dig but their persona to me feels inauthentic is that uh and that's just me playing with words in my brain yeah that's like what i'm gonna ask you yeah, 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 yeah. it would just we're, we're arguing a definition of a word at that right, point, right but in my brain those definitions are very different it's like uh when you bring up the word artist to a comedian right it there's a reaction that happens initially right. and i think Especially, I know we've had this conversation for the first eight years of my comedy career. If you'd have called me an artist, you know, I'd have called you a name. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just not true. I'm not an artist. But then uh, I start thinking that, and even now when I, I'm saying it out loud, there's still some shame to it. Right. So I think words like persona, yeah. like they, they have this tinge of uh, falseness yeah. to it. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, I'm not fake up there. I'm so fucking honest. Yeah. But it, it, that is your persona. When you think about guys yeah. like... Eddie Murphy, uh, 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 the be- the best the best one is Mark Maron, right? Like yeah. he has a stage persona, and it took him years to find that because he right. was he was angry on stage. He was like he was angry guy. He was like he ran through a lot of different things before he kind of got to himself. Mm-hmm. And like for me, one of the things that that I like about you on stage. Is here we go. I was just trying to get to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but one of the things I like about you on stage, though, is it's. I mean, there is a heightening, of from just us sitting here talking like this to right. on stage, but it's the line between you here and you on stage is close enough that I've never seen you on stage and been like that's not real. Mm-hmm. And also, you take your day with you up there, yeah, which is something I also do. So if I'm to our detriments, yeah, but also. To our, yeah. Again, like I really hate the artist word too, but also at the same time I am an artist. Like, there's, it's not the art's not as real if your day is not there with you. If you're just right. going on stage and literally just 
faking a show. I did think that I had to, when I first started, I had to put on ears. Uh, some days I had to tap dance when I didn't feel like tap dancing, yeah. and some days I had to pretend to be angry about a thing even though everything was yeah, fine, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's it's a it's a wrestle match. That I yeah, I mean, it is. And I mean, there is a certain amount of if you've done a joke enough times Oof. that you're, you're doing that joke and you kind of have to work up a certain thing. But at yeah. the same time, I don't need necessarily in the same way What I do doing an hour on stage when I'm having a real bad day mm -hmm. versus what I'm doing when I'm having a great day are very different things. But while the audience reaction is not exactly the same, it's kind of good that it's not. And it's both of those shows, even when it's so, the same material, I feel, I feel like it's still a good show. Sometimes watching me melt down on stage, just like with you, sometimes watching you melt down on stage is an amazingly those are entertaining my James experience. James Hodge shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are the times I've enjoyed you the most is when yeah. I know you're in the thick of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean... When you say take your day on stage for people who haven't been on stage, how would you explain that? Well, if you, if you go on stage, if you're just an actor holding a holding a microphone you have someone else's day right 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 right. you're literally it's literally just a performance and you're playing a character you're playing the angry comic or the happy comic you're getting or the away from your day right and like for me but taking your day on stage if if i'm real real mad at my wife then there's a lot more edge to how i'm talking about these things and different you and I are flexible in the way we don't have incredibly scripted to the word material. We don't like to work. Well, right, yeah. I mean, but that's kind of the thing. I mean, I've, I've done shows before where I was literally just ranting about what I was mad about. But in the context of I, I was using like punchlines, I know that work, mm -hmm. not even in the context, right. because I realized no one's laughing. So I need to say something <laughs> funny. But. That's a real uh, uh, just beneath the level of the the surface of the water. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm to drown. Mm -hmm. Let me throw some punchlines out there and see if one of these will work as a flotation yeah. device. And it's and I mean that is why I uh, I do value now in a way that I don't think I did when I first started that we are entertainers mm. and that there's merit in that and it's it's not just about me standing up there and convincing these people to watch me jerk off like i want them to enjoy watching me jerk off you know yeah. i want them to want to watch me jerk yeah, off. yeah. <laughs> boudreaux for you with uh comedy and artistry in general uh you know as a tattoo artist and a uh an artist who draws and makes pottery and all of these fucking things uh, when it comes to comedy, has the word artist been a conversation you've had at all with yourself? Do you consider yourself an artist? And if so, on what levels? So, I mean, you definitely are uh, performing. You know, the, the material, like if you sit there and you, like it, it, it's, you know, like I, I've said before, we're, you know, as far as a career, we're all chasing something that doesn't exist. Whenever you try to define art, it's one of the hardest definitions you're, you're gonna try and, and articulate you know so it, it comes down to the fact of you know even if you're an actor playing a part like you know you're yeah, not it's, bringing it's still artistry it, yeah, it's yeah. still artistry because you're playing a part you're playing a mm -hmm. creation right 
and, it, and it's a moment in time. There's a visceral reaction. There, there's all these different things that if you look at traditional quote unquote art happen, you know, you, you look at Mona Lisa, there's an, uh, uh, a, a reaction. You look at piss Christ, there's a reaction. You know, you look at blue man group, there's a reaction, you know, or blue man group artist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can't put that much shit on yourself every night and go on stage and not be an artist. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just you know, like. But I mean, dude, imagine doing that and not getting the the, art, the <laughs> feel of like, artistry, that, yeah. that that feeling of accomplishment and sense of like self worth that it helps you with. You put it on like literally paint yourself blue to well, go on stage and that's, not. That's what we do. Except instead of blue paint, it's shame. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's still like it, it. Do you discredit one and not credit the other? Right. You know. I mean, it, it, it's a uh, which I just said the same thing. I don't know if you caught, caught that. <laughs> discredit one and not credit the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay. I think that made sense. Maybe. Yeah, right? yeah it does. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you question yourself. Though. That's part of for me. What's what makes stand up even more of a perfect thing for like narcissists like us is. We, Don't say like us. We, you're, come on. <laughs> we wrote it. We're performing it. We're wow. blocking our movements. Like, like everything up there is where, you know, if you're acting, somebody else wrote it. If somebody else is directing it, there's other people there on stage some, with you. There is some narcissism to that for sure. Right, right. Because it is the thing of, I, I, you know, I used to believe it. We actually had a conversation earlier today about it. Uh, it's the difference between doing everything yourself and having people to help you yeah. and work yeah. in a team, right? And I that was one of the reasons I really loved comedy is it was uh, not only did I not have to worry about anybody else fucking my shit up, uh, when the credit came, it was all mine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, there is for sure some narcissism involved in that. And then, you know, you realize, holy shit, this whole thing's easier with other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's because we're not as talented as we think we are. <laughs> Cross that one off because I am not as talented as I thought I was. It was written down right there. Like, Holy shit, am I talented? Uh, so you're about to head on the road, man, and you've been um, you've been doing this shit for quite a while. Uh, yeah, we've turned into those guys, right? Well, that, I always wanted to be one of those guys. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. I used to hear people be like, oh, that guy's good. It smells like the road. I'm like, yeah, it fucking smells delicious. Yeah. I and mean, I just want to be one of those guys who, I want 45 people to leave the house one night to come see me. That's all I want. Yeah. And honestly, I, 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 I feel like I make sure I insert bumpers to make sure I don't get that. What do you mean? Smells too much like the road. Bumpers. Like when, like when, because if you do too many like small city only that comedy yeah. club gigs, eventually the material starts to evolve to those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exclude like right. And so, like, no, I'm going to I'm going to Chapel Hill and I'm doing these jokes in front of 19 year olds. I'm like, so I'm not just I'm not just creating stuff that's working for people that don't vote like me, you know? Yeah. And so I, it's that's is that new? What? Doing stuff for people who don't vote like you? Because you used to really pride yourself on only... Well... <laughs> you used but, to but really no, pride but yourself. But that's always the... Uh, my instinctual reaction is making sure I'm not doing stuff for people that don't vote like me. Right. But when you're on the road enough, it doesn't matter. It creeps in. Yeah. And you realize there's a tag in this joke 
that I think is gross. Mm-hmm. Why do I keep saying it? Right. Oh, because it fucking smashes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, smashes in Columbia, South yeah, Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you do this joke in Fort Walton Beach, and yeah. the room burns down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you're like, but what is it? What are they taking from this mm. that's making them laugh that hard? Ooh, I think I they're getting, getting the they're getting something different from this than even what I intended. So this line has to when change. When did you find when did you find yourself <clears throat> catching that? Um really it, it early happened, really honestly really early about on year six. in the road. But it was also I was lucky because Tom Tom told me to look out for that kind of stuff before I'd ever even had a chance to experience right. it. Because I was talking to him about like the road guys and sort of mm-hmm. having a similar conversation to this, because I was like, "What happens to those guys? Like they're like they'll be funny." And he's like, "Man, it's just sometimes it's too much road." And so I, I I've probably always stayed more aware of it, but I'm definitely as and, and again I'm getting older too. I'm getting so. I want my point of view to be accessible to to young. Like I don't want to just write jokes that are making people on date night laugh. Right. I, you know, because it's again, same thing happens. You know, people that go to comedy clubs, they only go like the women choose the entertainment typically. So it's it's a lot of couples watching shows or like sad lonely guys. Or, you know, and so in those situations, sometimes your material will start leaning. Like, I'm or, gonna, like, I'm going to make fun of women, too. And if on occasion you'll find yourself dropping the tag where it's you're just making fun of guys right. and not adding in the line that's also making fun of women because if they're not laughing, their dates won't laugh right. kind of thing. And I was like, no, fuck that. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to. It's not just sad, lonely guys. Sometimes yeah, yeah. it's cool, lonely guys. Yeah. I mean, even if they're cool only guys, it's still kind of sad. Uh, you say having the conversation about you said you had a conversation with Tom. I had a uh, lot of conversations. Yeah, well, yeah, you guys are close friends and all that. But you had the conversation about the road stuff forever ago, and now you have them. For, so, it's, isn't it interesting how we've had the conversations with the older comics about this, and now you're on the other side of it, mm-hmm. and you get to have the conversations with the younger guys. How has your opinion changed when you were excited to get in it? It's one of those things, right? It's like, careful what you wish for. It's like, you, you wanted it, now you have it. Is it, is it all it was cracked up to be, Jimmy? Um, yeah, in, in some ways, it's better yeah. than I thought it was going to be. Right? I mean, and then there are, the, there are obviously the things that you're, there are things that I didn't go into comedy being prepared for. Like opening for this was very early on in, in road work. Um, I was um, hosting a show. I, I actually went along with the guy that was middling. And I, so I hosted the show. A friend of mine was middling. And then the headliner was somebody, one of those uh, last comic standing okay. success stories. Sure. And after the show, uh, he was being super aggressively creepy with a girl. Mm. And I didn't get into comedy knowing that I was going to be looking out for somebody from some mm-hmm. mild-level celebrity right. and protecting this girl and making sure she got away safely. Um, so you don't think about the fact that those are the kind of things... Like, you have those moments where you're... And so I, that wasn't part of what I was thinking about. And, and that, you feel real bad 
after a night like that. After you're like, man, I came here, I was like, I was really excited to meet this person. Really sucks to find out that guy's a fucking creep. Mm-hmm. And but the percentage of that is is still, and it sucks when that happens. Uh, it's and it's 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 so it's, low though, right? It, it, it I, is. I, I thought when I got into comedy, I was like, well. I'm going to do this, and 90% of these people are going to be real pieces of shit, but I'm going to meet 10% of people who are going to be fucking fantastic. Absolute opposite. It's though. the absolute opposite. Yeah. That, that was the first thing I realized how wrong I was. Yeah, because we're all... In comedy. I mean, like, so many of us are broken toys. Mm-hmm. And so it's like... I when, when I see comics defending other comics that have fucked up, mm-hmm. like you know, in a bad, not cool way... There's a part of me that's like, like I understand. Mm. There's more empathy because, well, but because you develop relationships with people, and it's way harder. Like for for the comics that were loudly backing Louis C.K., mm-hmm. like loudly, like Sarah Silverman, and the ones that, like they have a a long term, intimate, caring, and loving relationship with this person. And yes, this person did something horrible. And yes, this person deserves the consequences they're getting. But it's also somebody that they love and care about. Mm-hmm. And so it's... They have a, a broader I, experience. Like, I, I'm not as quick to be mad at somebody for defending somebody when they're wrong. And that's... You know, no, does yeah, that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, especially... You know, I mean, I have a brother that did horrible things. So yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend named James who's done some horrible things, so... I have a friend named Eric who's done some horrible things. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, life on the road, man. Uh, and now, you know, for a while, when you first started getting on the road, you were, uh, single Jimmy and now you're a family guy and hitting the road. What's the difference in those things? Um, well, (laughs) there's, uh, there's certain things that are very different, like what you do after the show. Yeah. Right. Um, now you just go home and you're watching uh, House Hunters International. Only. Yeah, yeah, you're sitting there just watching the iPad. And, yeah, it's like, try not to watch the show you and the wife were watching before you left. You're like, no, I'm not yeah. watching season. I'm what Episode seven is once she and I are watching this together. Yeah, I'm not yeah, jumping yeah. ahead. Um, no, it's, well, being single on the road, a big part of what you're doing is connecting with not just the show, but with with other people, with other comics. You know, the when the show's over and all the comics in that town that have, are hanging out and you end up staying out till five in the morning mm-hmm. just talking comedy, talking life, politics, all that kind of stuff. You know, when when you've got a wife and when you got a wife at home, you you wrap that up sooner. Yeah. You do. Like one, because you don't want to get in a situation where something awkward happens. Um, you don't want to get in a situation where you're doing something that's making her feel awkward. Like, I don't want my wife to be worried when I'm on the road that I'm out, like, fucking, Whatever, you know, yeah. hooking up with some, you know, chuckle fucker. Like, it's so. Chuckle fucker. Like, that's not my phrase. That, that's a, <laughs> someone, I don't know who came up with that. But. No, I just had to repeat it like I had never heard yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, uh, so I don't. <laughs> So, like, you know, I mean, I don't want her to feel uncomfortable about me being on the road. And we do have a, a trusting and strong relationship in those areas. But also, those kind of things are understandable. Is it I mean, harder just, being gone than it used to be? Like, uh, you know, is I'm, I, for me, uh, when I've been single versus in relationships traveling, uh, the single traveling was fun, but it was incredibly lonely to be home. And then... When I was in relationships, 
being on the road was lonely and fun. Uh, but I, I, I loved being home, hated leaving. And then there were yeah, times where yeah, it was yeah. a fucking real nice break to get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, I mean, that too. But, but no, it's uh, one for, for me, it's being, being on the road is a chance for me to decompress because I've got, you know, 8,000 things, crazy things going on in my brain that I'm always battling. And so the decompression time is good, but also, I mean, you do, you do, instead of, if I've done, you know, five days in the Dakotas, like mm-hmm. I'm doing Fargo and then hopping over to like Sioux, like Sioux City and all that kind of stuff, if I'm doing all those shows up there, um, when I was single, I would take two, three days to get home, right, sleep in the right. car, stop and do mics in yep. St. Louis, stop and like, I just did literally like... Five hours of stage time. You had all your time. But still, on the way home, I'm mm-hmm. stopping to do five minutes in St. Louis. I'm stopping it's about efficiency at that point. Where, but now, when the last show's over, if I'm not flying and I have to catch a plane tomorrow, if I'm driving it, and I drive almost everywhere. Like, I'll drive as far as Denver mm-hmm. just because I, I enjoy it and it gives me a chance to all that stuff. Like, it's almost, a straight, it's almost a straight through drive home. Gotcha. For me now. Like, I, I've, I mean, I think the longest straight through drive I've done is maybe 34 hours. Of like literally stopping, taking a two-hour nap, waking up, driving more. More naps now, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing about aging and like the (sighs) holy shit. I would be like, hey, man, we're going to fucking Colorado tomorrow. He's like driving straight through. Yeah, yeah, And now now it's like, I'm going to Colorado. It's going to take me six days. Right. (laughs) It is like, it is so different. And just the ability to lean the seat back and go to sleep yeah, and not wake up in an excruciating pain. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, when uh, you said something about uh, kind of the brain, you know, shutting your brain down a little bit or the chatter or whatever it is, uh, mental health-wise, uh, being on the road, good for you, bad for you? Was it more difficult before? It, is it the same? Is it different than it used to be for you? One, it's it's hard to answer that because I am more conscious of my mental health stuff now. Right. I try to be more thoughtful about it, which also makes it way harder. Yeah. But, I mean, because when you're just completely in denial about <laughs> yeah. how batshit insane you are, yeah. it's sometimes it's easier to just ignore it and when you're trying to deal with it and you're trying to be healthy and you're trying to be a good partner to another mm-hmm. person, a good parent to other people, you know, it's <clears throat> it's more challenging because you're trying to do it right mm-hmm. and failing. Where right. when you're at that point where like the the when you're young enough that the failure still feels like a positive because you know, at least I'm learning <laughs> from it, you know. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 uh, that makes so much sense. When, I, when you're younger, that ignorance is bliss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just carrying all this shit around, but I have no idea. I just think that's my regular yeah. weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, when you tell me, oh, shit, I'm actually carrying a bunch of stuff, I'm like, yeah. oh, this is really heavy. Yeah. Yeah, and especially, like, knowing now that my default state doesn't have to be misery and it makes it when you slide into what is literally almost your default state but knowing like like 
it's it it weighs it weighs even more. What is your default state now? Because um, it was misery for quite a while. Right? Um, and again, it still is. You just recognize it. I think it's one recognizing it. It's two kept trying to catch it and trying to get out in front of it mm-hmm. and trying to. There's some really unhealthy things I say in my brain now that aren't good things to say to yourself but are currently helpful like why the fuck do you think you're supposed to be happy of course we're supposed to try to be happy like mm-hmm. that's we but sometimes i have to say to myself why the fuck do you think wh- why would you even deserve to be happy right now not because that's true right. but because in that moment it's helping me break out of the the cycle of like, I've got nothing to complain about, man. My life is great. Like, it really is. We Everybody has difficulties. Everybody has problems. But, you know, there's starving kids in Africa. And, like, I get to ride around the country telling dick jokes for money. Like, it's... So, like, I don't even really have anything to be upset about. Yes, t- some terrible things might have happened to me in my life. But they're not happening to me right now. Right. So why am I constantly still feeling those things well because when things like that happen to us uh, our brains lock into that moment and they run from it and they spend our all of its energy avoiding those things uh which is uh excruciatingly uh difficult but yeah it's that it's the idea we've set up this idea that we're supposed to be happy all the time and if you're not happy you're wrong and and you're really fucking up. You're not trying hard enough. And it's like, yeah. dude, there's so many fucking emotions. Yeah. And happiness is just one of them. And I, you know, I was talking to a friend, and I was like, how often, are you, you know, how often are you happy? And they're like, I, not even half the time. I was like, you're fucking killing it, dude. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're really only supposed to be happy mathematically, twelve to fifteen percent of the time, according to all the other emotions that you have to make room for. And and also realizing that. Dopamine chasing mm. isn't happiness. Right. Feels like it. Right. But that's the thing, because all growing up, to not feel all the weight, the way you do that is you chase dopamine. You go out and do dangerous things. Mm-hmm. You go out and do unhealthy things, because what it's giving you is this big, huge dopamine rush and you start to think that's what happiness is. And the older I get, learning the idea that happiness is, is, is not just contentment, but it's a lot more of happiness involves contentment than I ever understood. That it's that the, the default state I'm chasing at this point in life isn't the dopamine rush. It's breathing comfortably and being able to sit down and relax. Being like, more present and less distracted, whereas it used to be a distraction was the, the, I, the goal. I just, distraction was the goal. Yeah. And yeah, that's a it, exactly like the, the idea of what you're striving for is being present and not what you're striving for is escaping. Mm. Like, because sometimes just taking a minute and breathing and looking around and just does make the that fight or flight thing from trauma calm down and i had no idea that was possible and maybe for me at that time it might not have been it right. might have been raw and how more, could it be so. you know if you don't know how, if if you can't deal with the things that happened to you 
because uh, you can't really comprehend them, and you, it's an impossibility that you can move past yeah. them. You know what I mean? You got to be able to hold them first. Um, so you you define happiness now as uh, being in the moment, being in the moment, and man, there is something beautiful about flopping out on the couch watching some horrible TV show that I have no interest in Last rubbing my wife like Thrones. rubbing my wife's feet uh hopping up to grab the kid a snack you know there is that is so much better and safer than eating pills you found on the ground Right. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Which like, we've done. Literally yeah. eating pills that you found on the ground or being <laughs> the guy that every time you go to somebody's house that has parents, mm-hmm. you go through their cabinets to find all the pill bottles. Right. And you don't even read them. You just pour them all in the bowl. And then you and your buddy Max sit around crushing them up and just snorting whatever it is. I, I probably had great heart health right. in my early <laughs> 20s because I was snorting beta blockers, not yeah, even yeah. knowing that's what I was doing. But also, I'm 18, I'm Vicodin. not getting osteoporosis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm, I'm not having a baby anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you just snorted a prescription strength of leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. I felt the headache coming off. Yeah, I had yeah, a headache. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, uh, Boudreaux, for you, how do you, uh, how do you define happiness now? Man, that's a... Uh, that's, I mean, that's the question, right? Uh, you know, so personal things going on in the life. Um, this washes off, right? Not today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that looks so good. Oh, it's coming out good. Uh, yeah, I would say, you know, uh, it, I, I think happiness is a sliding scale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I used to always talk about median that median line of happiness, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you brought up the kids in Africa, you know, like they get a good meal, man, they're fucking ecstatic. You know, we get a good meal uh, and like Americans will still find something to bitch about, you know. Oh, there was too much ice in my fucking tea. You <laughs> I know? bet the kids in Africa still bitch about a good meal. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like, like they're not angels. Like, they're still <laughs> But still, like, like I, I think that median line of happiness it, it it flexes, you know, and so like perspective. Yeah, your perspective definitely changes, you know. And, and man, I, I like I, I've been doing a lot of, you know, self rebuilding, uh, doing things to make myself happy where traditionally I really didn't, you know. Uh, it was always sacrifice versus uh, doing things to make me happy because I felt I, I I didn't deserve to be happy. You know, and so you, you put yourself into a pit of despair, and that way any little bitty thing, you're like, fuck, man, I'm, I'm so happy right now, you know. And so right now I feel like I'm, I'm uh, climbing out of that pit, you know. Uh, my, my son told me, you know, that I dug the hole to sit in it and enjoy, you know. And uh, that, that's probably one of the, the last things that he said to me. Uh, and other than that, man, it's it's just uh, if I could talk to my kids, man, it'd be, it'd be great, you know. Like I'd, I'd be fucking ecstatic, but then uh, they would know I would be ecstatic, and so that would keep them from talking to me. Right. Think about how 
crazy it is that three dudes that look like us. <laughs> our dads. Around, no, 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 no. Oh. Sitting around talking about things like our mental health. Yeah. And dealing with oh, our man, trauma. It's... And dealing with our mistakes and trying to be healthy. Yeah. Versus I mean... the history of, like... Oh, it could be a de- it about, definitely could be a different conversation. It's all about like if us had any one of us had been born fifty years ago, there'd have just been no hope for us. Not but, a lot of tattoos were uh, being given, <laughs> and people were talking about mental health. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. But as, uh, <laughs> a thing I said uh, when we did a, uh, a similar conversation on Tom Simmons' show, uh, dumbest guy in the room, where he was like, "If this was our grand our grandparents." I mean, they, our grandfathers don't have this conversation. Yeah. Like, oh, just no, plainly. Nobody's talking about how they feel. Yeah. You know, feelings and are a relatively new thing. They were trained not to. And we were. That's a big part of it. Like, right. we were raised, bury that shit. Don't bring it up. You're weak if you expose any of that kind of stuff. I didn't smile until I was 27. I mean, like, I was trying not to. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, I couldn't yeah. help myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, sometimes I get slapped for it. <laughs> I can't say I didn't smile until I was 27 because there were multiple times in my life where I got a hand right across the face just for granted. Right, right, right. So, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You I think you're know. so fucking smart. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was supposed to uh, talk without my teeth all clenched. You know what I mean, I yeah, thought, yeah. You, I thought you grew up doing this, you sons of bitches. <laughs> I, you know... Uh, didn't you say you never saw people be nice to each other until you were 30? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's. I mean, it's mostly true. Well, we saw it. We just didn't believe they were really being happy. I don't yeah. think I saw it. I don't think I saw it, man. I. I don't think I did. I don't think I saw people being nice to each other. I saw people love each other. I saw people care. But even then, my definition of love it was so incorrect. Yeah. Like even this morning, I I, I wrestled with it, man. Like, I had a real like, I had a real fucking. Uh, I had a breakdown on the way here today. You know what I mean? And just really in my shit, crying very heavy. And realizing that my definition of love is so fucked because, uh, you know, when when you have people who tell you they love you but prove otherwise, how can your definition be correct? Right. You know, I don't, right. I don't even know what the fuck that is. And so then when, you, when you're like, oh, when people... So I don't think I saw people be nice to each other. I just really... I don't believe any of that was true. I, I think I see it more often now, but it's not so much family. It's... It's mostly strangers who become family that I see being yeah. nice. You know, uh, the the new friends I have in my life, the 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 people that I've gravitated towards that have found me that I've found. That's that you know my new relationships with my kids. Like that's the first time I've seen people be nice. Before that, I'm not positive I ever really saw it. Yeah, so I, I stand by that, that I didn't see people be nice till I was in my thirties. I like I definitely so it wasn't like at my house. <laughs> but like but like, you know, you're at a restaurant and you just see like a dad cutting his kid's steak yeah, yeah, and not yeah. yelling. <laughs> and like I would look over and see that and like be like, Oh, that's that's that kid's probably trying to fuck him. Oh, that yeah, guy's yeah, trying, that guy's trying to fuck that kid. Yeah, I can't believe that guy's yeah. trying to fuck that kid in front of all these people. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, James, he is just cutting his steak. <laughs> yeah, that's just a caring father. Like that's really all that is. Steaks <laughs> out. But for me, it's like, uh, oh, like, I bet his dick's out under the yeah, table. Yeah, I mean, that guy's the reason he's been over like that is because he's got a boner to hide. <laughs> like, and it's but that but that's so I believing or being it was either not believing that they were genuinely happy or being angry seeing yeah. people like when I was a kid there was a lake not far from where I lived that I could walk to 
And as long as we were willing to trespass, we could go swimming. Yep. And so we would sneak, and we would see people going by on boats with big smiles on their face. Right. And all I could feel for them was contempt and hate. And dude, the, the guy worked hard and he bought a fucking boat. Right. I'm glad he gets to, like now I can see people experiencing joy and not feel resentment, mm. not feel anger. Sometimes I still do. <laughs> But I mean, I I like to see people happy. Right. I like to see people. That's one of the main things I've loved about comedy, is I get to not only enjoy my success, I get to enjoy your success. Of course, there's times where I'll be jealous. Of course, sure. there's times where I'll. But but I can also enjoy your success. I can enjoy watching JD go from being a guy his first time on stage to figure it out, to get better, to get, you know, and like getting to watch that growth and... Watching people pass you. When I was first starting, I couldn't wait to pass you guys. Yeah, yeah. You and Jordan and Tom and all that. And um, then when I had like my first group of like comedy kids, like yeah, yeah. The, the, the guys who sat under me, you know, I remember very vividly the first time I did a show with JD and he was better than me. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, this fucking sucks, and this is the best. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. it was, it fucking sucked because he caught me. I stood still long enough for him mm -hmm. to catch me. And whether I did or not, he was going to catch me. And then when he passed me, I would, you know, it sucked. But then I was like, how fucking cool is it that this kid did the thing he wanted? Yeah. And I got to be a part of it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I have always liked going on stage after somebody did really well. Mm. I've never, I've never had How that. How do I follow this? Or like that, that's never been a thing for me because for me it's always the higher. I hate it. The higher energy. No, but the higher the energy in the room is, the more I'm like, oh, cool. Right. Like I, you know, I get a, I get a 15 second buffer here. Because right, right. the energy, like, like I don't get to walk out. And go yeah, yeah. And how about that? <laughs> yeah. like, like you know, especially if it's thirty, forty-five. Like people always want us towards the back of the show now. Like if if it's been forty-five minutes of not entertaining, mm. you're digging out of a big hole. I don't do it anymore. You uh, coming out of the old Pandy Wandy. Uh, I remember a couple of people asking you and asking me to do shows. And then uh, yes, I gave you some valuable. Value. You really did. It changed stuff for me, and it's uh, been it's lovely. so much better. Uh, James, yeah, James decided to not go last on these shows. Like he said, if I'm not the headline, if I'm not, if it's not travel, I'm not getting paid X amount. Yeah. Uh, it's not, not about X amount. It's about if I'm not getting like if. Well, for me, it's X amount. So. But yeah, but if we're not <laughs> getting like if we're just doing somebody's show where everybody's going up to do 15 minutes. Yeah. That I don't like. I don't at this. Why point, do I have to go last? I don't like. I don't. I don't usually even take the money when they hand me right. the fifteen bucks. Right. Give it to me. Like I, I like, dude, give that to the other guys. Yeah. Like those guys. I'll take it. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> but like, but no, I. Let's just. I. I'm not above it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, hey, if, I didn't, hey, I didn't marry into money yet, Jimmy. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, I understand that. Like, you know, but uh, but no, like, so I, I tend to on those shows. It's like I'm. This isn't my show. Right. This is our show. Yeah. I don't want to do all the heavy lifting. And if you, dude, if you go middle on one of those shows, like that 15 minute spot, yeah. like right, there's two in front of you, two after you, just gold. And it's, you Give get to go on and just skate and know that you can walk off. 
But when you got to go, like, don't get me wrong. I sometimes I'll be at, I've been at those shows and it was about to be my turn. And I've been like, no, let me close it out. Yeah. Like if, especially if it's not going well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like if it's not going well and I know that there's people that are like, even if it's like $5 ticket kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. where I'm like, I feel like everybody here is going to leave. A $5 like, ticket costs you about $75. Right. Because you, know I mean? yeah, yeah. you got you, you so, gas, like, fucking time not home, babysitter, all of it. I do try, like I do try to make sure it's like, hey man, I, this show needs to be something. Yeah. And that's not me judging the other comics. Just sometimes the, the best of us don't have it. I mean, there have been times where other people have bailed me out on shows, too. It's not yeah. a, it's no, not a I'm it. superior I've thing. I've bailed you out a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've bailed you out, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You were crying one night. <laughs> <laughs> like, was, yeah, the, but you know. But there weren't laughs, but you were crying, and it was like. Well, you got to narrow it down to one of the times <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. crying, Jimmy. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to remember. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we. Uh, Can I get dates and please? <laughs> but no, we've. You and I have gotten to experience a lot of things together and mm -hmm. separately and then we get to come back in and sort of check in where you like i love when i get to see you after you, i haven't seen for a while because you're working on something different mm -hmm. like there was a there was a stretch where i don't even know if it was a conscious thing where you just started laughing at your own jokes <laughs> and it was just this stretch where you were and it was a fun little thing you were doing, and it didn't become a permanent part of you right. as a comic, but there was this little stretch where you would tell the joke, and you didn't wait for the audience. You just started laughing because you were, I don't know if you were in a good play. I don't know what was going I, on. I was... Uh, but it was this neat little thing you were doing for a while. That was the first time I had enjoyed doing comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what that was. You know, it was like... Uh, I don't know if I was in a good place, but I was in a place where I was like, oh, this is fun. It's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not a death sentence. Yeah. It's not do or die. It's not the most serious thing in the world. It's dick jokes. Yeah. And uh, some of these jokes are fun for me. And uh, yeah, it would, dude, you know, again, man, I didn't smile until I was 27. I didn't smile on stage until I was 38. Well, you and I have both been a <laughs> bad dude trying to be a good guy. For sure. Before? Yeah. Like, whether it was being overly comedy police, mm -hmm. being overly... Like, I, for a lot, of, a lot of my youth, what I needed to do was hit other people. And the way I was able to hit other people was by being a superhero, being a white knight that came swinging in, and you're being mean to this kid. Really... Yes, I was. It's nice that I was looking sure, out for that sure. kid, but mostly I just really needed to hit somebody, and that guy was probably not even being that big of an asshole. Right. But I, but to to, and I could justify it though. I was like, no, I was looking out for that guy that was being bullied. Do 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 do, and but really, it's just I needed to hit somebody. And early on in comedy, I think a lot of my trying to be the comedy police. Was some of that. I wanted to feel noble. And I don't steal jokes. And so if you tell a joke that even kind of sounds like somebody else's joke, I'm going to be a brr, 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 brr. That's like, exactly oh. how I used to say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. It's exactly how I used to say it. That's a treat no deal, man. Brr, brr, brr. <laughs> but no, I, uh, I like the fact that I can just enjoy it for what it is now. Yeah. And I can sit back and, like, I. If somebody's like if I'm if I'm at a show and it's not going real well for somebody, 
like I can I can sit down and be like, you know what though, I see what he's doing, mm-hmm. and I usually if, just point and laugh. Yeah, well, if if that person talks to me and asks, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not gonna go track him down and be like, who's going to doing this? But like if like if that person and I have a conversation, I'd be like, hey, maybe try this and that and the other. But uh, being, and also and then seeing that kind of thing and then without even saying anything to them, you see them six months later and now they've figured out yeah. this thing. It came to them. Yeah, yeah. It's you know the same way Tom would tell us about uh, what being on the road was and all that, <laughs> what to look out for. We couldn't know that that was a thing until we got there, but then because you mentioned it, we recognized it. Right. Instead of having to figure it out on our own. Yeah. You know what one of the biggest differences for me? Go ahead, Boudreaux. Do you think some of that is just because you kind of found your place? Like you, you, you discovered a place where it was like, this is where I fit in? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I... I guess I have. I've been, I've been pretty lucky I'm, to find a place where I fit in. I'm... I have to actively work not to burn down places where I fit in. <laughs> yeah. Like, because it's scary to, right. to have a home. Yeah. You ever bring a I, dog in that's been on the street for a couple oh, yeah. of years? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I get real, real freaked out when things seem to be going too well. Mm. And so I... It's a little self-sabotage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will... I will fuck up friendships... Not, I'm not consciously fucking up this friendship. I just realize, oh, you're just being snide and shitty for no reason other than being snide and shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, recognize no, no reason other than I don't like myself. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me yeah. punish me mm-hmm. by punishing you. Yep. Yeah, so that you won't and like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's how my relationships end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what I started doing, which is like the best thing. One of the best things I ever did for comedy was I started leaving early. You doing great things for comedy? For me, for my comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I do yeah, do yeah. great things. I'm a philanthropist. Uh, I uh, but one of the best things I've done for my comedy and my sanity is I leave early. I used to be the last one there every night, and that's why I was fucking up all these relationships. I was in them too much. I don't need to spend yeah. eight hours a week with people. Sometimes I just got to do the show and let the young guys hang out. Yeah. And I head the fuck out yeah. at, at 1230 as opposed yeah. to four in the morning. They don't need me standing there holding fucking court. They do not. To, like, they do not. Yeah. If they ask, answer, go home. Yeah. I, I, I still catch myself starting to fucking hold court, all the youngins. And then I'll just sometimes, so I just dip out. All right, I say something funny, I get the fuck out yeah, of there. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the best thing for me because I used to stay too long and be too involved and, and honestly, uh, to a fault accessible. But we also needed friends. A million percent, but I had no idea how to have them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now I, now I uh, can have them at a distance. Uh, you know, not always healthy, but it's healthier than it used to be. Yeah. Eric will come in the circle and be like, how you guys make a peanut butter jelly sandwich? And then he just disappears. <laughs> and, then, and then people are like at each other's throats about how they make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Well, I am curious about it. You know I mean? <laughs> it's, it's nice to set off those grenades and other well, things. Yeah, <laughs> I, I chuck grenades like, all the time. I like to, I like to uh, and throw the fucking thing in there. But, you know, well, the peanut butter jelly sandwich is a fascinating one because there is zero uniformity from person to person to person. Everyone makes a peanut butter jelly sandwich differently. You know what I mean? Now, let's walk you through it. Let's figure it out. So uh, when you're in the kitchen, you're about to make a peanut butter jelly sandwich, you know? Uh, You reach into the cabinet and you grab your peanut butter and your jelly. What kind of peanut butter? What kind of jelly you got? 
Uh, just non-chunky. D- smooth? Sm- yeah, uh, smooth. Uh, usually Jif or Peter Pan. All right, what kind or, of- or a fancy organic. Oh, look at you. Like one of those. Fancy man. What kind of, what kind of jelly? Uh, I'm a big grape jelly guy. Grape jelly guy. Uh, hmm. Strawberry jelly's okay. Yeah. Uh, right. I like some jams. Yeah, every yeah. now and again, a little big peach jam. preserve <laughs> kind of deal. Okay, so you go but, with either but way. Most, but mostly, know. like, yeah. my, 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 most, <laughs> my standard PB&J, though, yeah. is just smooth, uh, like Peter Pan, Jif, whatever, with some just uh, whatever Welch's. Yeah, Welch's you have You have access to any peanut, any ingredient right. that you want. You grab, Those are the things you grab. What kind of bread are you using? Uh, just plain old white bread. Plain old white bread. Wonder now, bread? Now, again, um, no, not Wonder Bread. Who can afford Wonder Bread? <laughs> like, like, it's it's store brand. I mean, they've caught up. It's, well, I know they have, but up. I still, like, for me, I I tend to seek out things that brought comfort in childhood. Okay. Like, as, like, when I, especially when it comes to, like, comfort food, like popcorn. Yeah. So uh, your bread just says bread on it. Yeah, well, and whatever grocery store I'm at, <laughs> yeah. it says Food Lion bread. <laughs> so you grab uh, you grab two pieces of bread, you grab your smooth peanut butter, you grab your grape jelly, you reach into the silverware drawer and you grab a... Butter knife. Butter knife. You uh, take that butter knife and you grab... Uh, I grab the peanut butter. Yeah. I smear the peanut butter on... Uh, I- I'm, I'm not a thin, but I don't want it... Overwhelming. About a medium. About a, about a, if we're, if we're slicing again, what that my peanut butter, is. it's about a six. Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that. Um, and then uh, it's I have to get all the peanut butter off the knife. Okay. Uh, but then half the time I won't even use the knife for the jelly. I'll get a spoon. Exactly. Well, hold on. Uh, so you're taking that butter knife into the peanut butter, and you're uh, smearing that on one piece of bread, two pieces of bread? One piece. One piece of one bread. Piece. See, this is where every... You go to the is, edges. This is where... Do you yeah, go to, yeah, I'm so a... I'm a go we got to fill this whole fucker up. Okay. Like, you can't leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And then uh, you get all the peanut butter off this butter knife. You put, it in a, you put it in the sink or wherever the fuck you put your silverware. And then you grab a spoon. When you go into the jelly to grab the jelly with a spoon, do you just grab what you use or do you mix the whole... I tend to just grab... Uh, the peanut butter, though, I tend to stir. Fair enough. Yeah, a nice smooth, smooth. Yeah, yeah, because you know you get that oil, built, especially depending like the 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 the, uh, the nut butters and things. Yeah, like yeah, that. like the like Peter Pan, they put enough chemicals in there that yeah, it's almost that always can, staying that exact that consistency, consistency stays, even for two years. Yes, but like if it's the other stuff, you get a little separation, so yeah. you gotta give it a little stuff. And then when you grab your clumpo jelly. Uh, you get that on the bread with the spoon and you're just kind of mashing it in there? Well, not mashing it. I'm, I'm kind of stirring it around. Yeah. Uh, again, trying to get to all the edges, right. trying to spread it out. Uh, I, I want to make sure it's broken up, especially if it's uh, like a Welch's grape See, but jelly. that's why I like to mix it up in the Joffer. Right, which is cool, but uh, at the same time, I like to do it where it pokes holes in the bread. Mm. No, I don't <laughs> like to do that. I just don't stir. Like I, it's, I tend to get out in front of my skis sometimes. Right, and right, peanut right. butter and jelly sandwiches are one of those things. If I'm making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich not for a child, yeah, it's because I need it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the it's the option. Yeah, 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 yeah same same same. Uh, so when you put the now you got your you got your peanut butter, you got your jelly, you put the, those two things together. Uh, you you cut this thing, you don't cut this. I'm, thing. I'm cutting this thing, uh, and I have to cut it the way my grandma which is, used to cut it, which uh, one diagonal. Yep. And one straight across, so that you get two tiny triangles uh-huh. and two uh, tennis shoes. Shapes. Huh. I've never heard that one. You're making two sandwiches. Or is this one this sandwich? Is one sandwich. All right, one, hold you on. cut it across. Hold on. You want me to draw it for you? 
You draw a sandwich. Tattoo now, it on him right now, Pedro. <laughs> now go straight diagonal across. Right here. Yeah, right there. And then one uh, right there, straight there. Yeah, yeah. Right there? Right there. Huh. There you go. And then you get two little triangles, and then you get two little shoes. Two little shoes. <laughs> Tell you what that looks like to me, James. Looks a little bit like a swastika. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, my grandma was a Nazi. All so right, <laughs> show him the tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, uh, so the peanut butter jelly thing is super interesting to me because no two people make a peanut butter jelly sandwich the same. I, I, I've asked 100 people this question so far. I'm actually coming out with a podcast that's just peanut butter jelly I sandwiches. I dig it. Yeah. It's basically that. <laughs> That'll be an episode right there. So, I, I think that's wonderful. Uh, one fast food place for the rest of your life. Where do you go? You, this is the only one you can have for the rest of your life. Uh, all the others cease to exist. Uh, right, where do you go? I, in, uh, okay, I don't know the answer. I have two answers, and then we're going to figure out the same answer. Same question for you, Boudin. Um, the, the, my answer is either Wendy's okay. or Taco Bell. Okay. Um, Why are those you two qualifiers? Okay, because uh, McDonald's, I, even when I'm fucking hammer drunk, I don't like it. Okay. It's hmm. just That's fair. It's too cardboardy. If I ask too. this question and somebody comes with McDonald's or Burger King right away, I have questions about that person's childhood. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. Which yours... Which, I also have questions, but I have the answers as well. <laughs> yeah, but no, uh, like Wendy's, like part partially, I lean towards Wendy's because you can get a baked potato, but you can also get a burger, and you can also get some nuggets, and you. So there's a lot of variety on their menu. The argument for Wendy's is this: it's the consistency. Yeah, no I'm matter where you are in America. From, I'm not saying that it's the best. I am saying that it is top three in consistency. If I go to a Wendy's here or I go to a Wendy's in Arkansas, I'm getting mostly the same. Right. The consistency level is high. Whereas if I go to a fucking Hardee's, one is the best fucking hamburger I've ever had, and the other one uh, might as well be fucking thrown in my face. Well, one of the reasons why Hardee's isn't on my list is because there's not enough of them. Fair enough. Like that's a, like there's a Wendy's pretty much everywhere. There's a Taco Bell pretty much everywhere. Right. You say Hardee's, then for even if even if you're looking for Carl's Jr., which is still kind of a Hardee's, well, not kind, it is. Um, even if you're looking for that, there's still limited options. There's so a lot of small is, towns in America that yeah. you're not getting either one. Why is uh, why is Taco Bell on the list? Because um, Taco Bell is just guaranteed. I'm hungry. I'm full. We don't have to like uh, every. I, I can get a bag full for some seven yeah. seventy five. Some people talk about the digestive issues they have due to Taco Bell. That's never been an issue for me. Sure. Uh, I can eat. I can eat garbage out of a trash can, and I'm fine. Right, right. So that's not. But uh, you have a poor people's innards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, no matter like, and again, you can you, know, you get yourself four soft. Depending on how hungry you are, you get four soft tacos. You get six. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you might get crunchy when you feel fancy. Getting but you're always getting six. You're always getting six. I'm not never, always getting six. You're never getting four. I'm getting four. You're getting four if you got to eat. Hurry. You I got four eat, yesterday. Huh? <laughs> yeah, because you were on your way home. You didn't want your wife to know you got Taco Bell. Without no, 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 no. I got her Taco Bell too. You, you only got four. I. I, I, I you see. on a diet? No, I should back. I should be. I, I was doing really well, and now put back on ten of it. So, right. so uh, Boudreaux, what's uh, what's your fast food choice? Is Waffle House in this? No. So uh, to qualify, ninety percent of your restaurants have to have a drive-through. So you know, because otherwise people well, are I mean, just Waffle House does have grab and go now. Uh, they got to have a drive-through. It's not Waffle House isn't fast. Gotta food. Have a drive-up window. Yeah, the ninety percent of them have to drive a drive up window. Right. But they I mean, if I them. can say, "Well, I might go," in. <laughs> I don't even think that would be an option. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not a fast food guy, are you? No, you don't love it. But you only get one for the rest of your life. Uh, I'm gonna go to Lord's Chicken, Chick Fil A. 
Okay. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Like, so so you, you just don't care what they do to gay people? <laughs> well, it's the it's the the yogurt and the fresh fruit okay. oh, for breakfast. Rock on. Yeah. Our friend Jenny Chalikian has one of the my favorite yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chick-fil-A jokes. She's like, you know, she's a gay woman and she's like, you know, all this yada yada yada. But then I had some Chick-fil-A and then I started thinking uh, you know, about those waffle fries and maybe marriage is between a man and a woman. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, what, uh, Chick-fil-A, as far as, so the, the, that question that I just asked you is much different than the, the next question, which is what is the best one, right? Uh, because best and the one you're going to have every day are two separate things. Right? Well, I mean, best, and again, sort of like you were saying, it's depends Chick-fil-A. on which one you're at. No, Hardee's. It's the consistency. That's what I'm saying. No, no. If you're talking about consistently the best, oh, I want to change my answer. Okay, but if you're talking about just overall, when it's at its best, it's the best. It's Hardee's. All right, I want to change my answer. I just thought it is Dairy Queen. Ooh, Mm. okay, nice. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, deep cut. You can change. You can change your answer. We haven't locked it in yet. (laughs) (laughs) I I made it just. (laughs) You made it just under the belt. Just in the nick of time. (laughs) It is a fascinating question, though, because uh, everybody everybody has a different answer for that question. I think it's fun. Uh, So you go to Taco Bell or Wendy's? Have you decided yet? We're about to lock them in. I'm gonna go Wendy's. Gonna go Wendy's. Yeah. What was the deciding factor? Uh, Just the variety. Variety. Even though I almost order always order the same thing. It's usually two junior bacon cheeseburgers, no tomato, and no large fry. There you go. But what do you I can also drink? get a baked potato. A drink? Uh, one of these. Gotcha. Mountain. Yeah, yeah. Diet Mountain. All right. Yeah, I, I, I went with Taco Bell. And so you're the only other person that had Taco Bell in consideration. Usually if I say Taco Bell, people get pretty upset. But as a vegetarian, uh, fast food-wise, Taco Bell has the most options. Wendy's has second most options. Yeah, they're meat mm-hmm. sands. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you get the spicy potato soft tacos. Yeah. You get the cheesy bean and rice. I, I can I can fill a bag for seven seventy five without yeah. without having a, a compromise. You know, Burger King would be on there if they would make a fucking Impossible Whopper without putting it on the grill and making me shit myself in an open mic. But <laughs> <laughs> that's, for, that's for another day. I don't like Whoppers, but sometimes I want a Whopper. Yeah, like they're not. I don't like Big Macs. Sometimes a Big Mac calls I, I my name. I never want a Big, Big Mac. Mac. Never want a Big really? Mac. Never want a Big, never want a Big Mac. Mac. Did you Real just say mind. Big Mac attack? No, I said sometimes a Big Mac hits really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Not all the time, though. A drunk sometimes. Big Mac, oh. I would argue, is the best Big Mac. Baby, yeah. yeah. But you're not a Big Mac guy. I just I can't do a Big Mac. That's fair. All right. Uh, next question, and then we'll get back to talking about uh, being molested as a kid. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> properly rated, overrated, underrated uh, gift baskets. Not a personalized gift basket. Yeah, not, not a, yeah, a gift basket, a, a shelf-bought gift basket. Already, already wrapped up and everything. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes somebody brings up something you can honestly say you've never thought about it once in your entire life. Right. <laughs> and so I have no idea where other people rate it, so I right. don't know if it's overrated. For me personally, yeah. I would say perfectly rated because the rating is just zero. <laughs> <laughs> so properly rated at overrated. Sounds like you're. I don't know. Are people highly rating? People still buy them. They still they still sell them at stores. So I feel like they I feel like gift baskets gift baskets are incredibly overrated. They're a bad gift, and I'll tell you why. And and and, and someone just. <laughs> I'm got, glad that we were able to set this up for a, you. <laughs> a friend gave me a gift basket. It made me think about it, and I love her. She's fantastic. She got me a I gift was basket. Say friend. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, former friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm lonely. And so uh, she bought me the gift basket, 
And I look at it, I'm like, it's so fucking pretty. But the whole basket is just full of cardboard. Right. And then all the shit is just on top. And I think it's false advertising. And, and Boudreaux is uh, 100% correct. He said only two of those items are going to be good. Yeah. And it's a million percent true. You're going to get 12 items, and two of them are going to be good. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like gift baskets are like the original like FabFitFun or Bespoke Post. Where like <laughs> you're just getting this monthly thing. It's oh, like right, most right. of that shit's useless. But there's one thing in there you might be like, oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Sorry, I don't want this orange nougat. Yeah, your yeah. parent got you a subscription to fucking Chicken of the Month Club. Or <laughs> chicken of the Month. Chicken of the Month. <laughs> what? Did you know chickens don't have skin? <laughs> what the hell did my grandma always peel off for her health? <laughs> we like silence. <laughs> we just did good. That was a every pretty now good. And, every now and again, we got to breathe a little. Yeah, yeah, that was a good clip. We did like an hour I'd, uh, straight. I'd like to. I'd like to take a second and point out the fact that this part, yeah. right up under, like that's the, that's the, that's the most cat scratch. Okay. Right, like right, yeah, right in there. I, I really wish Tom Simmons was here for this. Because, so I've been asking Tom if he wants a tattoo. And Owen's wanted one. Yeah. And so we had Owen and Tom. Tom and, doesn't have any tests, does he? No. And so Owen's been wanting one. <coughs> and so we had Tom and Owen and Serena came in. And they watched Sethy Boy get a tattoo. And they asked questions. And we, had, we did one of Tom's podcasts with Boudreaux. And they got to ask some questions, which was pretty cool. And, uh... Tom watched Seth sit for the tattoo, and Seth sat like you're sitting. He yeah. just sat, and it is what it is. It's happening. Yeah. This is not the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. I yeah. kind of like it, you know? Yeah. And so Tom was like, ah, I think I could do one. He was, he was basically like, I think Seth's a, a pussy. I think yeah, I he totally discredited me. <laughs> totally discredited the way he sat so great. And I know that if Tom watched you get a tattoo... Uh, right now, because you're just sitting there, he'd be like, oh, yeah. I, can get, I can get a tattoo on my yeah, face. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's, again, you know, can't explain totally why, but sometimes pain fills my brain with dopamine. Yeah, dude. And I guess it's my, you know, that's uh, probably an unhealthy, you know. For sure. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I've had so much uh, uh, bad pain. Yeah. some uh pleasurable pain is, a, is it, a decent thing. Get something cool afterwards. You've never, like... There's not a lot of injuries you can get, and then afterwards be like, "Oh hell yeah, this is awesome!" <laughs> Sweet, I never wanted a big toe. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, this is gonna be on me forever. The scar, you know. So you have—is uh, this your second tattoo? Ah, uh, fourth. Fourth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. So you have the two hip for the room. Yeah, I got and I got some other shit on my back. Gotcha. That I want to get covered. Well, not necessarily covered, but expanded on. And, oh, and, more and just filled in? Yeah. Well, not filled. I just want to make more stuff around it bigger that's connected to what's there. So. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. How you doing, Boudreaux? This is it, man. We just started talking. Well, we can keep talking. <laughs> there is no... Uh... There is no limit on the talkie-talkie. <laughs> Boudreaux's contract is, once I'm done, everybody shut up. Yeah, shut the, shut the fuck, fuck up and get out. <laughs> you don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Now you're just trapping in that new tattoo smell, right? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we got to talk some more, because uh, you and I haven't talked enough. 
what is this? Hopefully, this isn't the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all right, you want to give me more free tattoos? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, this isn't it. Put a good word in with Eric for me. Absolutely. Take oh, a look. Gee, I got to look. I'm so excited. <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah, wait. Let him get his phone going there. <laughs> all right. You ready? Yeah, let's see it. Are you need good lighting? No, I'm good. All right. Go for it. There it's all go. you. Fuck yeah. Is that what you wanted? Yeah, man. Jesus, that's good. You're a fucking artist. Like, <laughs> no, but like, no, like, we, we, a lot of times you, we go, we're an artist, artist. You're a fucking artist. I try, man. You're a fucking artist. That is. You're a fucking artist. Yeah. So we're all, yeah, well, everything sounds like an insult, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking artist. We're all fucking artists. <laughs> Your mom's a fucking artist. <laughs> Your mom is an artist. <laughs> oh, yeah. You ever have one of those moments where you're like, fuck, my dad might have been right? <laughs> About what? <laughs> Your mom. <laughs> 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 Here's the cold open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. But yeah, man, I, I I like that one. I like that one a lot. So, do you feel successful as a road comic? Like, um, I feel like okay. So here's here's the thing. For me. It's, I get real wrapped up always and will always get real wrapped up in, I made it to this rung on the ladder. Now I want to make it to this rung on the ladder. And I should, and you should too, probably step back more. Because I have the moments, I do have those moments where I sit back and be like, holy shit, I, I've actually gotten farther in this than I even thought mm. maybe I could. Mm. Okay. Like, like even or like it was almost like dare to dream kind of yeah. level when it comes to and so so but then there's also the well yeah but also I want to do this and then I want to do this you're a progress junkie well I, I am a I am a progress junkie because but but also I you have to once you get you also got to maintain. Mm. And so to some extent, like Eric and I talked about this a lot a few months ago, um, as comics, realizing that there's been reversion where I, I'm still not all the way back to where, like because of COVID and because of all that break and all that kind of stuff, I'm still not back on stage to doing as well as, I'm not even talking about the audience laughter or the audience response. Yeah. I'm talking about, for me, knowing that I'm just hitting on all cylinders. Like right now, I feel like I'm hitting on seven cylinders. Like when we talked before, I felt like it was maybe five, like out of the out of the eight. So I, I would like to get back to eight and then even then that's not as high as I want to get to as a comic. I still so even saying eight is silly, maybe the best I ever got to was four. Like I was the best I ever was was a four mm-hmm. cylinder. So I still want to get to a eight cylinder. But so but it's it's right now it's it's getting back to where I was so that I can get back to growing. Do you think that's, uh, for me, I, my standards are higher than they were before I like quit? Yeah. 
Like uh, the pandemic allowed me to be like, maybe I'll never do this again. And I think I'm okay with it. I want this break so badly. And then I took it. And then I was like, that's not really what I wanted. I just needed a break. I didn't want to quit. I needed a right. break. I took the break. And now I feel like I'm funnier. I'm for sure a better person. Uh, but I am not as good on stage. I, the comfort level is not there for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's a lot of it is, I mean, there is when, when you are, especially when you're doing long sets, when you're doing 45 to an hour and a half, when you're doing those big long sets, there is a, when you're really feeling it, there is a groove that you lock into that becomes... There's, this is such spirituality, but there's like, (laughs) there's, there's like an energy tendril out of you to everybody in the room. There's, there's this, there's this back and forth. There's this connection. There's this literally you're vibing with somebody you can't fucking see, but you can feel. I mean, and I mean, when you're going and it's there and it's happening and it's, and you get in it and you stay in it and then you realize holy shit I've been up here over an hour and I haven't really started my act yet Mm -hmm. yeah like and there is it's not the right word for it but the only word I've ever found to describe it is it's almost like a hypnosis kind of thing where you're hypnotizing yourself and you're hypnotizing them it's an exchange of energy yeah it's where it's right now it's taken me way longer to get there with yeah, them yeah. and it's harder to keep them there. And what I want to get back to is to where it's 95% of the time when I'm up there doing that kind of time that it's happening. Yeah. And we're all locked in together and nobody's going to piss. No, like that guy has had six beers. Mm-hmm. He is about to piss his pants. But he's not getting up. <laughs> that guy's fucking staying in that seat. And I'm he, he's gonna stay there and I'm gonna try to make him piss his pants. Yeah. I'm gonna tell him that's what I'm doing. And yeah. he's gonna sit here because he doesn't want to miss nothing. Yeah, and he's yeah. in a weird way, there's a moment of he's almost mad at me. He's like, fucking don't mention it, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's but they're like so getting that back. And then it's just a matter of I don't know, I I'm glad I still really love it. Yeah. Like, I, I really am, because you never know. I mean, you burn out on things. and But I do, I fucking still love it. You know, you just go up there, and you, it's, I don't know, man. There's, of course you love it, though. It's a fucking, it's a dopamine high, it's a high wire act. It's, it's all the, it's danger, but it's excitement. It's, you know, it's all the probably unhealthy shit. I mean, well, it is that daring to dream thing, though, right? And yeah. I think you're similar, we're... Similar in a lot of ways, but one of them is that we loved it when we were children. It's I, I, I would have rather when I was a kid been a professional comedian than a professional athlete. Yeah. Oh, and for were, sure. And luckily, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. as fate would have it, <laughs> there's no way I could have been a professional athlete. Meanwhile, the comedy. So I do. You could have been a pro bowler. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like I really do believe that about you. I'm not just saying that, Eric. Right. Go I'm fuck not yourself, just James. Go <laughs> oh, fuck yourself, James. Uh, maybe a golfer. 
<laughs> uh, driver, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, it is like, um, and then you have the experiences that you've had and the experiences, you know, you've worked with like uh, b the names, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you've worked with the fucking guys and those guys know you and they're in your phone. Made them laugh though. Yes. I have that list That's in my head. That's the thing. Yeah, get the fuck That's out of here. That's the thing. Yeah. You, you look over into the wings and you see, or you see leaning up against the back wall in the club, and you see somebody that... Dave before, Chappelle. I mean, yeah, but not just, man. Yes. No, I know, I know. Even, like, even when it's the ones that it's not somebody that you're like, I respect the shit out of that guy, but like, man, Bob Saget <laughs> was on my TV a hundred times a week my entire fucking childhood, and I stood on stage, and I made that guy bend over laughing. Yeah. Like, he looked, like, I can still at this moment picture Bob Saget having to push his glasses back up onto his face because he was laughing so hard at what I just said. What a crazy and, life. And that's fucking nuts that that's we can yeah. have experiences like <laughs> that. Yeah. Like, it really is. Yeah. And to... Uh, be able to do shit with guys like Crimmins, knowing that not only as a person we mm -hmm. could connect, but this is the guy that influenced the guys that influenced me, kind of thing. Like he was, like he was at, at the heart of that whole Boston mm -hmm. thing that turned into comedy for twenty years. Yeah, and he was, and and to hear that guy telling stories and. It's fun, and then to get to where he's become like so human, like human to me in our relationship, that that like he's literally talking about something, and I'm like, I don't, you might have handled that one wrong there, Barry. Yeah, yeah. But like, I was on stage uh, the first time I worked with Barry. Uh, it's remarkable, but I, uh, it's, it's like you're saying. I was on stage. And I wasn't going to do my uh, being molested jokes, being molested as a kid, because that's a lot of his shit. And I didn't yeah. want to, you know, if the, you didn't want to step on his. Yeah. Dick. If, <laughs> if the headliner is talking about being married, you drop the marriage material. But um, he asked me if I was going to do it. And I, I was like, no, nah, I wasn't going to do it. He's like, oh, I, I'd like to see it because he had we talked about it. He had heard about it. And so I did it. And it was at the old idiot box on Elm Street. And he's at the bar and he's up after me. So he's walking to the back. And I told the joke and he's walking up. I can picture it. And he's like, it's a good fucking joke. And he just kept walking. I was like, fucking how cool is that? Yeah. This moment right here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like you said, with the Bob Saget thing, dude. Like, the guy's on your TV. and then Bobcat Goldthwait. Like, yeah, so dude. many of the guys. I mean, you know, it's not... Like, I don't sit around being like, my goal in life yeah, is yeah, to yeah. be, like, loved by the fucking guy well, from the Police Academy movies. You know, but at the same time, it's... Like and and don't not to minimize his career. He's had an amazing career post Police Academy. He's directed some awesome movies. Oh yeah, He's a great yeah, writer. yeah. Um, cool guy to actually sit and talk to. But like, it's something crazy about seeing the guy who you saw on screen with Steve Boot Gutenberg being like, ah, and like you're, he's, he's right there and he's yeah. giggling at my joke. Like he stopped trying to hit on that girl long enough to <laughs> laugh at my shit. And by the way, Bobcat is not the creep. That was like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to clarify that. Yeah, he, he was never big, on last. He is comic. a big. He is a big flirt, but he's not <laughs> the creep. But um, no, it's it's just there's something fucking wild about. How comes the, it, it comes full circle, kind of like? Yeah, I mean, it, like it. You're making somebody laugh that made you laugh, and not just made you laugh. That, like somebody like. Chappelle, man, like there is something like that guy told jokes that made me want to tell jokes. Right. Well, you, Eric and was mentioning that, that energy exchange earlier, and yeah. then it's like 
that you exchanged energy with that person through a TV and you weren't even in the yeah. same like area yeah. code as them. And now you're <clears throat> five feet away from them and you're having the same, it's the same thing. I just That's always wanted insane. to make people laugh and it was more important when funny people laughed mm. and the funnier the person, the more important that laugh. And then it is that validation. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, holy shit, I might be funny. Yeah. 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 yeah and there's still the might. Might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, al- there's also that, that, uh, He's one of those guys that shook the hand that shook the hand of Sinatra yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, you know, that's like it's a very like, but it's like, yeah, see that guy, that guy shook the hand, that shook the hand of Sinatra. And but for us in comedy, it's like that guy shook the hand, that shook the hand, that shook yeah. Carlin or Pryor or you know. And and then there's the literally like people that never got famous, never got big, but I've able to develop relationships and have conversations with that were just around at the comedy store when it all started mm-hmm. or got to see Carlin when he was making that transition from trying to be, you know, Danny Kay to being the Carlin that we all know and love or saw Pryor make that transition. Yeah. And so it's like, it's, it's, it's just, we have our own universe that's yeah. like ours and we get to share it with each other. And I don't know. I just fucking love it, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm.